Good to be in the house of God today. Amen. Amen. We're going to go ahead and turn in our Bibles to the book of Galatians, chapter 5. We're going to begin with verse number 16. Once you find it, if you would, stand as we honor God at the reading of his word today. Galatians, chapter 5, beginning with verse number 16. I hear pages rustling. I'm going to give you a minute or two longer to find it. Galatians chapter 5, beginning with verse 16, says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you not, shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another. So that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Father, we thank you today, dear God, for your holy word. We thank you for the power that it has within it to change our hearts and lives. For your kingdom, for your glory, and for your honor and praise. And it's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated this morning. Today's message is entitled, Walking in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit. That means to, to live according to what the Spirit of God is telling you to do. Because there's two different kinds of life you can have. You can have one led of the Spirit, or you can have one led of the flesh. But you can't have both living inside of you at the same time. Well, actually, they let me backtrack. They do live inside of you at the same time. But what I'm saying is that you can't be led of both of them at the same time. You're either going to be led by the Spirit, which is God himself, or you're going to be led by the flesh, which is your natural inclination. In other words, it's that part of you that lives on the inside of you still. Even though you may be a Christian today, even though Jesus may be your Lord and Savior, that doesn't mean that your old man, the flesh, got killed off because he still lives alive and well. He's still living on the inside of you. And they're working against one another. One is the Spirit of God is trying to get you to go in the right direction. He's trying to get you to live a holy and pure and righteous life. One that is apart from sin and the temptations that come against you. In other words, he's wanting, the Holy Spirit is wanting for you to follow after him so that he can do within you what he wants to do, which is to live a Christ-like life. Or you can be led of the flesh, and if you do that, that means that you're going to be walking in the ways of the world. You're going to be walking in the ways that the devil wants you to walk in. Because the devil is out to get you as well. He's out to get you and to, to have dominion over you, just like he's always done all of your life if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you don't know him as such, then the, then the flesh is in control of your life. You may say, well, I don't cuss, I don't 
square. I don't do drugs. I don't do alcohol. I don't do any of these other things that a, that a person who's not led of the Spirit might be doing. But let me tell you something. You may not be doing any of those things. You may very well be a good moral person. But there's a pamphlet that we have out here on our lobby table here at the church that says, do good people go to heaven? You know, it's not enough just to be good. It's not enough just to be able to say, well, I'm doing all the right things. You've got to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. We talked about that last week. And we're going to talk a little bit about it again today. Because in order to be led, and in, in order to walk according to the Spirit, you've got to be led by the Holy Spirit. And in order to do that, He's got to be living on the inside. And He does that when you accept Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. Because when you're led by the Spirit, you're a child of God. You're a daughter or a son of God. It says, because if I'm led by the Spirit, I'm not under the law. In other words, the law being that part of the Word of God that teaches us all the right things to do. You know, yeah, like the Ten Commandments. Let me take you to a passage of Scripture where it talks about that. It's in Romans chapter 7. This even is not even in my notes, but the Lord just quickened it to me. Romans chapter 7 says this. This is Paul speaking now. The Apostle Paul, who was a very devoted person to Christ. And notice what he says in Romans chapter 7, verse number 15. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. If then I do what I will not to do, I will agree with the law that it is good. In verse 17, But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, nothing good dwells. Notice what he said there. In my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good, I do not find. For the good I will not to do, I do not do. For that I will, okay, for the good that I will to do, let me read, reread that. For the good that I will to do, I do not do. For the evil that I will not to do, that I practice. Now if I do what that I will not to do, it is no more I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. I find then a law that is present with me. The one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. But I see another law in my members. Warring against the law of my mind. And bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am. Who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind... I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. In other words, Paul had a desire to live his life for Christ. And he did on a daily basis. So don't get him wrong when he's saying that he wasn't living his life for Jesus, because he was. 
But he's saying here also that there's another law at work inside of me. In other words, that law being the sin of the, the law of sin and death. In other words, the, the it's not enough just to be able to do the right things. You've got to have the power to sustain. And the power to live the Christ-like life that God wants us to live, it's by the Holy Spirit. And that who has to be inside of you living the life that is pleasing unto God. Because without Jesus, we cannot live the kind of life that God wants us to be living. Amen. Because we may very well want to do the right things. But without the Holy Spirit's influence in our life, without the Holy Spirit living inside of us to do what needs to be done, we cannot accomplish what needs to be done. We can't live over sin and temptation without the Holy Spirit. And so that's what he's saying. And then we go, now we're back in Galatians chapter 5 again. If you would, go back there with me again. Galatians chapter 5. Because once again, it says I'm not under the law. In other words, I'm not under the Mosaic law. That was how people used to have to live their life in order to please God. And even then it wasn't about them just keeping the laws. It was about a right attitude of heart with God. You, he, they had to love God with all their heart, with all their mind, with all their soul, and with all their strength. They had to love God in, in the keeping of those laws that they kept. But now, I'm no longer under the law. In other words, there's a new work inside of me, a new work by the Holy Spirit, a new creation I have become in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, all things have passed away, and behold, all old things have passed away, and behold, all new things have come. In other words, I'm no longer what I used to be. I'm no longer that person that I used to live like. But now I've been made new in Christ Jesus, and I live a new life through the power of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. So that's what it's talking about. Now in verse 19, we pick up, and it says, Now the works of the flesh are evident. And that word evident actually means to be observable. In other words, it's something that you can see in my life. That you can look at me and you can see these things very readily. And it says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and now notice what this says, and the like. In other words, there's 17 different works of the flesh that's mentioned by the Apostle Paul in his, to the, in his letter that he wrote to the, to the Church of Galatia. There's 17 different and separate sins that he lists, the works of the flesh. But then he follows it with, and the like. In other words, there's even more that I haven't mentioned. There's other sins and works of the flesh that I haven't even mentioned. But yet, and, and then he said, goes on to say, in verse 21, he says, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in times past, 
that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. That word practice actually means to live in accordance with. In other words, to, to live your life. You know, there's an old saying that says, practice makes perfect. Well, in this case, the word practice actually means to be in, to act in accordance with. In other words, it's not necessarily saying that it's going to make me perfect because those things are not going to make me perfect. Those things are keeping me from perfection in Christ. Those are the things that are keeping me from living a life that's pleasing to God. Those are the things that God says not to be involved with. Don't live your life like this is what he's saying. Okay, and notice that they're plural. It says the works of the flesh. In other words, there's these are the things that we have at work inside of us apart from the influence of the Holy Spirit to make us better, to change our life, to make us into to the person that God wants us to be. These are the things that will become evident in my life. Now, I don't know about you, but as I look through this passage of Scripture, the listing all these works right now, I identified myself a couple of times on occasion. Not that I don't do it anymore on a habit. In other words, I'm no longer living in this, practicing these things. That's not me anymore. But there were things that, in, that I noticed in this these 17 different things. I noticed a couple of things that used to be what I used to live like. Like the envy. I mean, I used to have a problem with that, like big time. And jealousy, I had a problem with that as well. But I don't anymore. But what I'm saying is, is that I haven't completely necessarily won the battle over those things because there's times that I find myself getting envious of another person. I'll be the first to admit it. That's me. But you know what? I'm no longer practicing it. Whenever, as soon as I, as soon as I notice it cropping up in my life, just like that, I'm repenting. I'm saying, God, forgive me. Change me again. And you know what? That's what we're going to have to do on a daily basis. A daily basis. You can look through the Word of God, I'm sure like I have, and see an old lifestyle, an old way that you used to live in, an old way that you used to quote-unquote practice, but you no longer are that person. You're no longer that woman. You're no longer that man. You have been made anew in Christ Jesus. And that's what I'm saying. We're practicing a different way of living. We're practicing to live righteously and holy and pure and just in the, in the sight of God. We're practicing those things now. Those things. You know, this isn't in my notes either, but let me turn over to Philippians. Pigeonhole what you got because we're coming back. We're not through with that passage yet, but... Look with me at, at Philippians chapter 4, verse number 8. Philippians chapter 4, verse number 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Because it's what you meditate on in your mind. Those are the things that you'll begin to do. Though eventually, if you do it enough, you'll begin to act in that certain way, in that certain area of your life. 
And so it's telling us what we should be living. And, and in order to do that, these are the things that we've got to meditate on so that we begin to live like that and practice that on a daily basis. And so that's what I wanted us to take a look at just now. Now we're back again in Galatians chapter 5. Because once again, we're talking about those, those sinful ways, that sinful way of life that is still alive inside of me. But I have to crucify him on a daily basis. Romans 6, 6 says, For knowing this, that the old man was crucified with Christ. In other words, that the body of sin might be done away with. Now that word done away with does not mean to become extinct. What it means is to become inoperable. In other words, I don't want him doing anything I used to do. I don't want to live in sin. I don't want to give in to temptation. I don't those things have become unproductive in my life. Those things have become undesirable in my life. And so whenever I, and, and that's because I have a new person at work inside of me named the Holy Spirit, and he's producing his fruit. Notice it didn't say fruits. You read with me now in Galatians chapter 5, verse number 22. It's, hold on just a second. Had to get me some olives. Verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. In other words, there's no boundary to how much of those things that the Holy Spirit can produce in you. There's always more love He can produce in you. Amen? There's always more joy. There's always more peace. There's always more long-suffering and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. All of these things, all of these things are won by the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. In other words, there's all part and parcel of the same thing. That's the fruit of the Spirit. That's what God wants to produce in your life. Once you've said no to the ways of the sinfulness, once you've said no to the flesh, once you have said no to the influence and the power that that old self used to have over you, once you say no to all of that, you say yes to Jesus, you say yes to the Holy Spirit, who now starts to live inside of you, and you practice now to live more like Christ in each and every one of these ways. Because that's who Jesus is. He is the fruit. He is producing inside of you the fruit of the Spirit by His Spirit inside that lives inside of you. He's living inside of you and He's producing love and joy and peace and long suffering and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self control. All of these things are now at work inside of you all at the same time. And you become that different person. I tell you what, I don't know about you, but I'm glad what I didn't used to do. Because I, if you had known me before, I've said this before, I'll say it again. If you had known me before I got to be a Christian, you'd have said, there ain't no way that guy's ever going to get saved. He's a lost cause. 
Matter of fact, there's a song that uses that expression. You might have considered me a lost cause. In other words, and I can't remember the name of the song. I think it's called something about uh, the God who saves. I think that's the name of it. The God who saves. In other words, if you had known me before I got born again in Christ, you'd have said that guy's never going to be a Christian, much less ever be called into the ministry. But yet here I am. And it's because of who God is, not because of who I am. And you know what? I'm so glad that I'm no longer the person that I used to be. Matter of fact, I'm glad that God waited until uh, I got saved to ever get introduced to my wife. Because if she had known me before Jesus' days, there's no way she would have given me a second glance. But because God waited until I was born again to ever see her and get to know her, that's why we've been together 32 years now, for Christ's sake. And so I'm here to tell you today, folks, that if he can change me, he can change anybody. Don't give up on whoever you're praying for. I'm not giving up on Hunter. I'm going to pray for him until the day that I die or he dies, one of the two, or until Jesus comes and I'm no longer around. But I'm just here to tell you today, folks, that Jesus can do mighty works in anybody's heart and life, no matter who they are. Matter of fact, Ted Bundy, I don't remember if you know who he was. He was a mass murderer. And yet, God came to him in his holy, in his, not his holy cell, but in his cell and gave him new life in Christ Jesus, just as he did me. I was never a mass murderer, but he was. But Jesus saved him. He forgave him. He's now in heaven because he was still executed for the sins that he had committed. But what I'm saying is, is that he accepted Jesus before he died and made him the Lord and Savior of his own life. And if, and if he can do that, he can do it in anybody's life. Amen? Amen. Amen. And then it goes on to say, and, and, and the fruit of the Spirit can only be produced by the Holy Spirit. In other words, I can't live a righteous life. I can't live a life of love or joy, or peace, or long-suffering, or any of these other things. I can't do it in my own strength and merit. It has to be through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Because he's the one who does all these different things in our life. So I'm here to tell you today, folks, if you haven't already made a decision for Jesus, whether you're watching us by Facebook Live, or in person here today, if you haven't made Jesus your Lord and Savior, do so today before it's too late. Because there's a alternative place that you're going to end up if you don't accept Jesus. If you accept Jesus, you're going to heaven. You're going to get to enjoy walking the streets of gold, living in a mansion with your name on it that Jesus has been preparing over 2,000 years ago to prepare for you because he knew you were going to get saved one of these days. And so if that's you, that's all the good things that's going to happen to you. But if you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, will you take your last breath? then you're going to have a different outcome. You're going to a place called hell. It's just as real as heaven is. But heaven is gloriousness. Heaven is streets of gold and mansions with your name on it and all that kind of good stuff. But hell is going to be eternal burning of flames. You're never going to become extinct. You're, you're not going to end just in like this movie I see that we showed just this past weekend, 
two nights here at the church. We showed a movie called Firefly. There's a one scene in there where the captain and this guy's talking in the firehouse. And the, the guy says, do you believe in heaven and hell? He's talking to his captain. And he says, well, I don't know. But he says, I do know this. And, he's, and, the, and the guy said, well, I don't believe in hell. He said, whenever I die, I'm going in the ground and that's the end of it. And the captain turns to him and says, now, you may not agree with Michael, but you have to admit one thing. He's the real deal. In other words, in other words, he says, because he says, one of you is wrong. Well, the guy that's wrong is the guy that said he's going in the ground and just going to stay there forever and ever. That's not the real deal. The real deal is that you're going to end up in either heaven or hell. But you're going to, you're going to continue to exist and live in one of those two places. So I encourage you to make sure that it's in heaven and not in hell. And then in verse 24 says, And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh and its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit is a continual action. That's why I didn't just say walk in the Spirit. I said walking. Because that's a continual process. It's a continual action. Something that's going to be going on from day to day. From glory to glory. From faith to faith. In other words, there's, there's an action that takes place inside of you once you become a Christian that continues to compel you to walk in the ways of God. It, it, it almost, it's like he forces you, but he doesn't force you. It's your choice. It's always your choice, day after day. It's your choice whether I decide or, or, or you decide, should I say. In other words, if for me, myself, it's a decision that I have to make on a daily basis. For you, it's a decision you have to make on a daily basis. Whether you're going to submit to being led of the Spirit or to be led of the flesh. Because it's always continuously taking place inside of you. And you've got to make that decision daily. Who's going to be in charge today? Is it my flesh or is it the spirit of the living God? Because as the spirit of the living God takes over in your life, he begins to sanctify you on a daily basis. I had one person tell me one time, I got saved when I was eight and I got bat and, and baptized in the Holy Spirit and I got sanctified all at the same time. Sanctification is an ongoing process. In other words, it's not something that you do the one time and it's a done deal. It's a sanctifying work that the Holy Spirit does inside of you. More and more of you dies to self each day as you submit to the Holy Spirit. And as you submit to the Holy Spirit, the old way of life becomes, becomes less and less of what you desire and what you do. But as you walk in the Spirit, you'll begin to live according to what God desires. So I would encourage you today to make your decision to walk or to become walking in the Spirit on a daily basis. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for today. We thank you that we have that opportunity to choose to live a righteous and holy and pure life. One that is being led of the Spirit, 
so that we can have the fruit of the Spirit being produced more and more in, in us each and every day. And Lord, we must decrease that you may increase. And so, Father, I thank you, Lord, as we submit ourselves to you, that you do live your life in us, through us, by the power of your Holy Spirit. And we thank you and praise you for it. In Jesus' name. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm going to ask today, as I always do, not embarrassing anyone. Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? If you don't, you can do that today. You can make that decision to follow after Jesus as your Lord and Savior right now. Just lift your hand up. Let me pray with you. For those of you that are watching my Facebook Live, make that decision right now in your own hearts. Whether you're going to live your life for Jesus or yourself. If that's you today, and repeat this little prayer after me. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your Son, Jesus. We thank you for forgiving us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Live your life in me and through me from this day on. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank y'all for being here today. We love you. We appreciate you. Same thing with you by Facebook Live. If you're looking for a church, we'd be glad to have you come and be a part of what God's doing here at our church at 201 West Royce Boulevard. It's spelled R-E-U-S-S. -S. Anyways, uh, we have Sunday morning service. Begins at 945 to 1015 with intercessory prayer. The morning service itself, which we do traditional hymns and praise and worship. We begin at 10.30. We'd be glad to have you. And then on Sunday afternoons at 2 o'clock, except for Easter Sunday, we're not going to have Easter Sunday service at Whispering Oaks, either the nurse, either the Sunday school or the service itself, which we do at 2 and 3 o'clock. But it, we will have, so that is so we can spend time with our families. That's on April the 9th. But this afternoon we'll be there. If you'd like to come and be a part of that, you're more than welcome as well. And again, if we meet tonight at 6 o'clock for evening worship. We do contemporary praise and worship. We'd be glad to have you once again on April the 9th. We will not have the evening service at our church because we want to spend time with our families. With that being said, we'll be glad to have you any other time to come and be a part of what God is doing here. We also have Tuesday evening prayer at 714, intercessory prayer time. Come and be a part of that. I know you'll get a blessing. God bless you. We love you. You're dismissed.